Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Jason Lipschutz, Billboard's Senior Director of Music. Hello, Jason. I can see you. How are you? I'm good. I can see you as well. I'm good. I'm good. Um, well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news about how Young Boy Never Broke Again scores his third number one album, and all of them have come in the last 12 months. That's crazy. And... Friend of the pod, Louis Capaldi, reaches number one on the pop songs and radio songs charts with Before You Go. Plus, Keith, will be talking about the nominations for the Billboard Music Awards, which were announced today, along with some hot takes on the latest single from Justin Bieber, Holy, featuring Chance the Rapper, as well as Lady Gaga's new video for 911. In addition to all that, we have an interview with Sarah Bareilles. Uh, I spoke with her recently about... Her new album, More Love, Songs from Little Voice Season 1, and how she's been super into watching lots of fantasy movies in quarantine. It was really great to catch up with Sarah. Uh, Stick around for that. But first, before we get started, Keith, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you never, ever miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. That is plural. Plural. All right, let's do the chart chat. First up on the Billboard 200 albums chart, rapper Youngboy Never Broke Again lands his third number one, and all of them have come within the last 12 months, as his new album, Top, bows fittingly atop the chart. It earned 126,000 equivalent album units in the United States in the week ending September 17th, according to Nielsen Music MRC data. Top is actually uh, Youngboy's third number one in 11 months, to be more exact, and the last act to score three number one albums faster was BTS, which logged its first three number ones in a slightly quicker clip than Youngboy. Uh, BTS did it in 10 months and 25 days with Love Yourself Tear, Love Yourself Answer, and Love Yourself Persona in 2018 and 2019. So uh, congrats to Young Boy Never Broke Again. Uh, he's also charted something like, I think that I wrote in my story, like 15 albums or something in like three years. And yeah. incredibly prolific. <laughs> incredibly prolific. And it's it's really paid off in terms of, you know, just racking up those number ones. Yeah, yeah. I, I fully expect there'll be three more in the next year <laughs> at this rate. Uh, next over on the Pop Songs Airplay and Radio Songs Airplay charts, Friend of the podcast, Louis Capaldi, hits number one with his single, Before You Go. In doing so, Capaldi joins an elite club of acts to have hit number one in their first two appearances on each chart, as Before You Go follows his breakthrough hit, Someone You Loved, uh, which topped pop songs and radio songs for three weeks each last October and November. Previously, Mariah Carey, Beyonce, and Bruno Mars uh, ruled both lists with their first two entries, each as lead artists. So he's an incredible company. And uh, anyone that ever thought that Louis Capaldi was a one-hit wonder, including Louis Capaldi himself, uh, they have been proven wrong. Yeah, I spoke to him a a few weeks ago when 
uh, before you go, entered the top 10 of the Hot 100. He was uh, flabbergasted that he has another stateside radio hit. So congrats again. He's great. Him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's he seems like a good fella. He's a good fella and uh, happy for a success. Good fella, great songwriter. Um, so let's get to... <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Let's get to the big news of the day. The Billboard Music Award nominations have been announced. Um, very excited about this. Post Malone leads the pack with 16 nominations, including top artists, while Lil Nas X has the second most noms with 13. Right behind them are Billie Eilish and Khalid, each with 12 nominations. The full rundown of the nominations can, of course, be found on Billboard.com, and the show will air live on NBC on October 14th, hosted by one of my favorites, Kelly Clarkson, for the third year in a row. Maybe we can get Kelly back on the pod. She was on, She was our guest maybe last year or the year before, right before the BBMAs, maybe the first time she was hosting, and uh, she was a delight. She's the best. She's the best. Uh, next up, Keith, let's quickly talk about some new videos, new songs uh, from a couple pop superstars, Justin Bieber, Lady Gaga. First up, Justin Bieber dropped his new single and video for Holy featuring Chance the Rapper last Friday. Uh, it is a kind of a spiritual pop song, uh, which is not that surprising, called Holy and also featuring Chance the Rapper. Um, and basically it's about the joy of getting married young in life. Uh, I believe the, the line is that he's sprinting to the altar like a track star. Um, it's, it's, you know, it, it's interesting. I, I wrote about a little bit about the song last week and we're less than seven months, uh, actually a little more than seven months removed from changes, Justin Bieber's album. And it was, you know, it, it had a, a couple top 10 hits, Intentions and Yummy. But he's already dropped a, a couple new songs for Stuck With You, the kind of quasi-quarantine anthem with Ariana Grande, which hit number one. And now he's already moved on to what seems like his next era with with Holy. Um, what you, would you think of the video, Keith? video was interesting. Um, it's very, it's it's like a little mini movie. Uh, Bieber plays what appears to be kind of like a, some like an oil rig or oil field worker who uh, loses his job. Um, and it kind of, you feel like there's some echoes of kind of pandemicness there. And uh, I won't tell you, I won't reveal the ending, but I will say um, there's some struggle. Somehow they kept, they put this all in five minutes. There's some struggle that has to happen. There is a emotional moment at the end. And I swear to you, I'm not lying. I actually had a little bit of the feels. Ah, look at that. Which I, w- I was stunned by. So even I can be moved to have actual true emotion. So yeah, uh, go check out the Bieber video. Uh, plus, friend of the pod, Lady Gaga, released her video for the Chromatica track 911. It's a pretty epic visual as well. Basically, you have this kind of fantasy clip with uh, a lot of really striking imagery set in a desert. Kind of a little bit confused of what's going on. I also don't want to spoil the twist of the 911. Yeah, you can't do that video. for this one either. Yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, very striking visual. One of my favorite songs on Chromatica and a song that I was very happy to see Lady Gaga perform as part of her VMAs montage a few weeks ago. Yeah, I was I was definitely doing the what am I watching thing in my head. While I, was, while I was watching the video, I'm like, what is this? What am I watching? What does this mean? What does that mean? What the hell is that? And <laughs> and uh, so you should watch it and have the same experience as Jason and I did. There you go. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see uh, if that 
video kind of bumps 911 back up the Hot 100. Uh, um, so check out the 911 music video. And now it is time for our interview with Sarah Bareilles. Uh, I spoke with Sarah a couple weeks ago about her new album, More Love Songs from Little Voice Season 1. Uh, so for those who don't know, uh, it's the companion album to the Apple TV Plus series Little Voice, which Bareilles co-produces. Uh, the show was created by Jesse Nelson, uh, who worked with Sarah on the Broadway adaptation of Waitress. Uh, it premiered in July and has been described as, quote, an intensely romantic story and a love letter to the v- diverse musicality of New York City. Uh, the show stars Brittany O'Grady as Bess, a struggling performer slash songwriter, and features a lot of original music from Sarah Bareilles herself. Um, so for, for those, uh, you know, obviously Sarah Bareilles is, is best known for pop hits like Brave and Love Song and King of Anything, but obviously, I don't know, Keith, did you see Waitress, uh, either on Broadway or, or in one of its other, uh, theatrical No, ones? no, I haven't seen Waitress in any of its various incarnations, but I, I know based it's upon, so good. It's so based good. upon the interview that I've already heard. You are quite the fan of Waitress. I saw it twice. I saw it uh, with our colleague Joe Lynch one time. Oh. uh, And our former colleague Aaron Strecker. Uh, Shout out to both of them. In our interview, uh, we talk about Little Voice and the new album, but we also dig into what Sarah has been doing in quarantine. Apparently that involves lots of movie watching, specifically fantasy films. That was pretty fun. So take a listen to our chat uh, with Sarah Bareilles. Sometimes a little voice can say the biggest things. It's just my little voice that I've been missing. And we should be good. How are you doing, though? You know, for all things considered, I, I'm doing pretty okay. It's been, you know, like this year, it's almost like... Is there any way to actually discuss the way this year has felt? It's just been so wild. I have had much darker times than I'm having right now. I feel really um, impassioned and focused on the election. I feel really heartbroken for what's going on in California. Like That's my home state, so watching, especially Northern California, like up in flames is just really tragic, but... I, I'm just like, it almost seems like, what? Can, like, we can't catch our breath. It's just, and there's like no end to like the, the, the next version of the devastation. I'm just like awestruck by the, the power of this year. It's wild. Yeah, it's, especially for someone like yourself, who's so creative, it's it's gotta be just so, you know, in part destabilizing to, to be able to focus on, songwriting and promoting a, a project when there's everything going yeah. on. Yeah, it starts to feel uh, creative is a nice way to say sensitive. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, it, it starts to feel like nothing matters. None, nothing really matters. But the truth is, is that it all matters very much, you know, and the fact it, it's been such a nice part about releasing new music in this moment is that getting to see the connection with fans and that 
having something. I know that I feel it when I get new music from an artist that I, you know, love their output. I'm, I'm so comforted by that. So if the music or the television show or, you know, anything can sort of bring comfort in this time, that's also really valuable. So it, it feels odd and bizarre to be promoting something, but also at the same time, I'm like, I do see the, the point. Right. And I, you know, I've, uh, we're talking about little voice, uh, not only the, the show, but, but this collection of songs you just put out. And I know multiple people who I, I've talked to who have said that this, this show has, has been a source of comfort. Um, what is uh, the, so we're, we're talking in December or we're not talking December. We're talking in September. See, that's how destabilizing this <laughs> Like what month is it again? I was there with you. I'm like, yeah, yeah it's, it's Christmas month. time. It's Christmas. great. Um, we're talking in September. This show came out in July. What, what has the reception been like uh, from your vantage point? Oh, it's been so beautiful. Um, I think that, you know, when, when it came time to discuss when this was going to happen, you know, we were initially in talks about this before there was any lockdown, before, you know, the world shut down. So it, it's an interesting thing to have made a show that somehow feels nostalgic. <laughs> like the show that was never intended to be that way now captures this really cinematic, lovely, um, sort of romantic experience of New York City that we're all kind of craving. Well, I live in New York City, so, I, you know, it's something that we're, we crave to get back to. is like, you know, the maskless, free reign of, of the city we all love so much. So um, I think there was something about that part of the show that became really precious to people. Um, and also the show has such a tender heart. It's a really hopeful heart forward show that has a ton of music, a beautifully diverse, interesting, awesome, funny, talented cast. So I think people, it was a little bit of comfort food for them. And, and so, um, especially my fans, but even, you know, we have one of our lead actors is from the neurodiverse community, um, Kevin Valdez, who, who plays uh, Louie, Bess's brother, our main character's brother. And getting the response from that community and seeing someone on screen who's so talented and so prominent in the storytelling who is uniquely able is just amazing and uh it's really satisfying the human the humanity of the connections that are made from this show has been really satisfying now this this all started i, I was reading about how this all started with the song little voice years and years and years ago uh, that is now finally released, right? The song is a song I wrote for my very first record, um, you know, in 2004, 2005. And we were talking about writing a theme song for the show, and then I pulled that out of my demos, you know, the song that really never saw the light of day. And I pulled it out, and I shared it with Jesse, and she's like, you know, this makes sense, and we decided to call the show Little Boy. I love that. I also, I'm, I'm right there with you as a Felicity fan. There you go. Yeah, I love that it. show. I miss that show. Um, I know me too. <laughs> um, so, in terms of you know the, this, so the this collection of songs, uh, it's called "More Love Songs from Little Voice Season One," uh, is out now. It, it recently came out on on streaming services. Um, what was the what was the songwriting and recording process like? You like you said, uh, it, it 
kind of predates the pandemic, obviously, but, you know, just in terms of you put out an album last year, um, what was that process like in terms of balancing a couple of different projects? Well, the making of this record, I feel like this process was in some ways akin to working on Waitress, where I wrote a collection of songs that kind of were intended to live somewhere else. And there was a part of me that just wanted almost as like a, a rite of passage to just, you know, complete the circle and, and get to sing them myself. And then it feels like, okay, now that's finished. Um, and so I think, you know, the making of this record was similar in that way. You know, these some of these songs were written when I was the age of our lead character, Beth. Like, these are, these are old songs of mine. Um, some were written specifically for the show, but there's a couple, like Little Voice, for example, is a song I wrote when I was 24. So I... Um, there's a part of me that wanted to, I didn't have the confidence in the material at the time. And now, you know, with my vantage point and being, you know, 40 years old at this point, I look back on some of this material and I'm like, oh, it was worth singing. And I just didn't trust my voice at that time. So there's a part of me that I think I'm just in my own artistic journey trying to mark this as a moment of validation, even for that younger version of myself. That, that, you know, it's, it's worth singing. You should sing it. <laughs> so I, I wanted to ask um, quickly about, you know, you're you're someone really connected to the Broadway community. Waitress uh, had a, an incredibly successful run on Broadway. I saw it twice. Uh, I got the uh, the very fun um, uh, waitress cocktails both times. The apple pie cocktails. It's very delicious. So thank you for that. Um, Broadway is, is is really hurting right now, and there's been a couple of reports even this week about the the process to reopen uh, some of these legendary theaters. I, I, I was curious yeah. just in, in terms of if you've been in communication with some of the producers, some of, you know, just some of the, the people in that world, and and just your thoughts and, and what you hope to see over the next few months. Man, it is um, just a staggering blow to this community that is is so vital, I mean, to New York City, but I also think about our friends in London, you know, in the West End, like, that's another community that's just devastated by this. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that it will come back. There's not even a question mark to me about whether or not um, the theater community will revitalize and find a new life. Um, it To me, it's a question of when. I know that you know, it's a small community and um, it really just has to be about how can we do this safely. Um, there is no shortage of creative ideas, people willing to do the storytelling. There are so many craft persons who want to be making art together. It's just about can we find the right kind of alchemy for, for the project. Um, yeah, I think we have to take our cues a little bit from just the virus and, and you know, it's just not a safe experience yet to, until until we there are um, better safeguards um, to try to recreate. But, you know, there's a lot of people doing very creative things. As much as you can do online, you know, that people are doing what they can. I think having opportunities to go somewhere outdoors and sort of and to see a reading or to see a new work that way, you know, people are kind of dipping their toes in that, but I think we're still a little bit in, in the waiting game 
yeah, it's it's such a complex issue just in terms of everything that goes on to putting together a, a, a Broadway production. I, I, I can't even imagine the hurdles, but yeah, it, 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 it has it's to wild. reopen. Yeah. Yeah, no. And it's, and you see, I think one of the blessings of this time, this terrible blessing is, is that we're sort of seeing that these screens are just such a terrible surrogate for getting to be in a room with somebody. Like I know, I'll speak for myself, but like I desperately miss, theater i miss being in a room and watching a performance i miss concerts i miss i just i miss performance um so much and so and i i know that that's something that that will come back you know better than ever probably absolutely the, the last thing i wanted to ask about was you know like i said I've, I've spoken to a few people who have really enjoyed little voice and and found it a, a sense of comfort in the season um i'm curious as to what art and music and and just anything has, has been a comfort to you over the past few months, especially, you know, in New York? We've done a lot. My boyfriend and I live together, and uh, we've done a lot of fantasy movie watching because the escaping reality, this reality I'm sort of less interested in. Um, so we've been doing the Marvel movies and kind of started from the beginning and made our way through all the superhero movies, which are really fun. Wow. <laughs> So wait, so yeah. can I can I ask like who who like compelled that? Where were is that something you wanted to do, or was it more you like one of you like wanted the other one to check them out? How did how did you settle on like doing the Marvel movie binge? I think it was kind of one of those things where you're like, okay, we're in a pandemic, we're in a lockdown, we're going to spend a lot of time indoors. You know, let's go through. We did the Harry Potter movies, and we did you know, then we then we got on to the Marvel movies and. Um, we did the Lord of the Rings. We, we did a lot of fantasy, and and um, that's been really soothing in a, in a weird way. Um, and then finding certain little, not little at all, but um, certain projects like we're in the middle of watching a show called I May Destroy You by Michaela. Oh, uh, I by love Google. love that show. And it is uh, maybe one of my favorite things I've seen. I I, I can't in years and years and years. Since Fleabag, I think that that's the other one that comes to mind. Where I'm like, these are these are the future. Like these women are so powerful, and um, so you know, there's incredible documentaries out right now. Like really beautiful work about about the world. This is the time. You know, I haven't been writing a lot of music. I haven't been feeling the need to make a lot of things. Um, I've just been kind of observing and reading a lot of poetry. Mary Oliver and Rumi and, you know, trying to sort of soothe myself. And, and as far as music, I keep going back to, you know, old favorites. And we do a lot of Joni Mitchell and, you know, people soothing, people who soothe my soul. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I, we just finished I May Destroy You a few weeks ago, and uh, it's, it's spectacular. Staggering. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Sarah... Again, congrats on everything uh, in terms of Little Voice, uh, the show, as well as the, the album that just came out. Uh, and glad you're hanging in there during this very strange year. And, and I really appreciate you stopping by Billboard's Pop Shop podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Sometimes a little voice can say the biggest thing. Thanks again to Sarah Bareilles. 
Uh, More Love Songs from Little Voice Season 1 is uh, just hit streaming services a a few weeks ago, and I believe uh, it will be out as a physical edition in a few weeks as well. So that was really fun. And now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Well, it's fitting that we have Sarah Bareilles on the show as 10 years ago this week, she hit number one on the Billboard 200 Albums Chart with Kaleidoscope Heart. The set opened atop the list dated September 25th, 2010, and was the follow-up to her smash debut album, Little Voice. It all comes full circle. Little Voice peaked at number seven on the chart and spent more than a year on the tally, setting up Sarah for the big bow at number one with Kaleidoscope. The album would garner a Grammy nomination for female pop vocal performance for its single King of Anything, and the set would spend six months on the chart. Varelis has since followed the album with four more top ten albums, including her most recent proper studio set, Amidst the Chaos, in 2019. So there you have it. Ten years ago, Sarah Bareilles hit number one on the Billboard 200 with Kaleidoscope Heart. We've reached the end of our big shoe. Jason, uh, I have an idea of what song we should go out on. If you oh, have. I love it. I love when you suggest them. Go go for it. Well, I was going to say, um, just as an acknowledgement of the passing of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg last Friday, uh, I thought we could outro the show with the song I'll Fight, uh, which was written by Diane Warren and performed by Jennifer Hudson from the documentary film RBG. I'll Fight was nominated for an Academy Award for best original song and i thought that would be a nice way to go out on the show i think that is a lovely idea all right see you guys next time bye, bye. so I-